Good morning, everyone, and welcome to another episode of The Daily Stand-Up. My name's Lee Henson, president and founder of Agile Dad. Without any further ado, let's get started. This week, we're going to focus our attention on some of the nuances of the role of the Scrum Master. We've dedicated a lot of time to teams and to leadership. I thought this week might be a good chance for us to get to the roots of what it really takes to be a good Scrum Master, some of the things you might discover while you're in the line of duty, and some tips on how to overcome some of these things and just really get your head around being the best Scrum Master that you can be. So for today, I want to talk to you about a concept called the Grown Zone. Now, the grown zone is really interesting, and it's something that a lot of people don't take time to talk about. You know, this comes or stems from when teams are trying to reach consensus. You know, in many cases, you get most to agree and a couple who disagree, or you get, you know, many who disagree and a few who do agree. And, you know, you're able to navigate those waters pretty easily and talk things out and really get your head around, you know, what's happening and why this is occurring and what you can do to make small course corrections in order to pivot and adjust and, you know, get things right. What I've quickly discovered is that. In many cases, let's just say you're using the fist of five technique and you get a lot of people who vote three, or if everyone votes three, or if you're using the thumbs up, thumbs down, flat hand method and you're seeing that you get all flat hands. You know, what this is telling me is that there's some level of apathy within the team. And while, you know, I'm bordering on saying that the team's just lack, you know, lost interest, they're suffering from lack of interest. What I do believe is that the team may actually be interested, but just not be certain. You know, one of the ways you can discover where your team is, is to assess how they handle meetings and how they handle time together. A trick that I do is uh, I'll often pull people in and uh, I'll ask their opinions during meetings, especially if I think they're in this place where they're starting to hit a wall, you know, where they're starting to do groupthink. I'll pull them aside and I'll say, hey, you know, how do you feel about this? And I'll give each one of them an opportunity to express their opinion, you know, hoping to empower them and hoping to uplift them. And one of the things I've discovered is that when the rounds go like this, you know, well, you know, I, I was speaking with Ritesh and, and as we were planning things, you know, we, we had an open discussion and, you know, seven minutes later, they finally say, and, you know, I, and I, I support what Ritesh said and I believe that's good as well. What do you think, uh, Susie? And Susie says, you know, well, you know, after having discussions with both Ritesh and Michael, da 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 yada, 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 you know, and, and it just goes on for another, drones on for another 10 minutes, drubs away. And finally, they say, well, I agree with Michael. You know, what do you think? Uh, what do you think, Edward? And Edward says, oh, da, 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 da. you know, it's just and it goes on and on and on until you make your way all the way around a room through eight or nine people. And then finally, someone says, well, what about option B? And Ritesh says, yeah, what about option B? And you're like, no, you're like, we just spent all this time talking about, you know, what options were there. And now we're back stuck at the very beginning where we have no decision, you know. Somebody taught me a long time ago, a wise man once said, there's only one thing worse than one direction, or some direction, and that's, you know, no direction. And there's only one thing worse than no direction, and that's one direction. But, you know, I, I think the problem is we need to, as Scrum Masters, find better ways to engage our teams to help them never hit that plateau, that brick wall, that that indecisiveness, that place of where they don't want to be, you know, the place of, uh, that they don't want to be right. So how do we 
work with them to facilitate an environment where there's psychological safety, where they feel comfortable talking about things, and where they don't hit this indecisive groan zone. So I promised I was going to give you some tips, so let's start there. So tip number one, when you feel like the team is moving towards indecisiveness, one of the things that you'll notice is that they are less confident in their ability. And a trigger for this typically, and not not necessarily in their own ability, but in their ability to complete things to the satisfaction of someone else. When you get to that point, one of the things that I'll do is I'll start to recognize team members more frequently for their achievements and for their accomplishments and not let them become negative Nellies, if you will. I don't want them to fall off into, you know, my work's never good enough or I can't get these things done. I want to respond to the very positive things that they do, you know, excite them about the and encourage them about the things that they can achieve and I encourage them to continue to move forward in a way that would be exceptional. The second thing I would do is if I discover that there's one team member that's you know pushing back and causing this to happen, I would make sure we de-amplify that team member's ability to continue to create these situations. You know, even if as a last resort it means you know relocating that individual to another team or taking that kind of drastic action. And I think overall, teams don't want to be in this indecisive ground zone. What I find as number three is that teams are often beaten down to get into this zone where they just can't make decisions and they can't talk to each other and they start to become homogenous and they feel like everything has to be a completely collective, you know, unanimous decision. So I feel like as a tool, you know, as a scrum master, we need to leverage special tools and things in our arsenal to make sure that, you know, the best way to overcome this is to prevent this. So we want to make sure that we recognize early when teams are on their way there so that we can make some pivots. My youngest son, when he was in elementary school, had a very special teacher. And this teacher used to always talk about the concept of a mountain. And here's how it went. She said, if you start to climb up the mountain you'll always want to continue to climb because you want to eventually reach the place where you can see the beautiful sunrise or sunset. You want to get to that point where you summit the mountain and you can proudly take your picture before journeying back down. She says the problem is the closer you get to the top of the mountain, the further the bottom gets the further the bottom is away from where you are. And it's harder for you to traverse back down the mountain knowing that you didn't make an achievement than it is for you to recognize, okay, I'm on the top. Now I have to come down either the other side or back where I came. And sometimes we get upset or our emotions take over. And, you know, the other valuable life lesson that I learned with a background in psychology is that no one can make you feel upset. No one can make you feel angry. But as a team member, you get into this grown zone because you allow other people and other instances and other circumstances to impact and affect the way that you feel. So it's critically important that we help team members create an environment where they don't feel like they're constantly being beaten down, where they're recognized and rewarded for their for the good things that they do, and that they can become excited about the work that they produce and know that you know, other people are excited too. Make sure the team gets credit for their work at demos. Make sure they're doing a demonstration if possible. 
Make sure people are recognizing their achievements. And make sure that you focus. You know, one of the great companies, the Walt Disney Company, always says, if you focus on the people on the inside first, it's going to have a natural reflection to the people on the outside. You need to treat the cast members with dignity and respect in order to make sure that everyone else around them is in a world of happiness. And, and, you know, I believe that's true. I really do. I think that if we don't aim our attention as scrum masters on squelching the ground zone, it's going to create an environment where no one wants to work. Some of the companies that we've been in and coached have been recognized as some of the best places to work on the planet. And while we are proud and humbled by that and appreciate the recognition, you know, we don't take credit for that recognition. It was their hard work that got them there. And, you know, sure, we can make recommendations, but without the help of those team members who stepped up and did something different that may have fell outside of their comfort zone, they may have never left that grown zone after all. Well, I hope you enjoy your rest of your Monday, and I hope you enjoy this workshop, this session, this episode. Do tune in for additional episodes. And once again, we encourage you, if you have an idea for an Agile Dad podcast episode, we'd love to hear your idea. You can email us at learnmoreatagiledad.com. Coming up soon, we're going to do a week full of your ideas and your questions and your topics. So until next time, stay healthy, stay well, and stay agile, my friends. Do take care.